is what we're going to read today. Can you believe this week is Thanksgiving? It seems, uh, well, maybe it's just me, but it just seems like it came way, it snuck up on me this time. It came really fast, you know. You still think at the back of your mind it's a little bit out there and you find out it's this week. Well, I'm going to start going to the gym before Thursday. I'll get a good run or maybe something like that, you know. So that I don't feel guilty on Thursday. Praise the Lord. May I get an amen. Colossians chapter 3. Uh, the word today, the message today is thanks living. All right. Thanks living. Colossians 3.15. If you got it, say amen. amen. I just only two people know how to open the Bible here. Amen. All right. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. And let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with with gratitude in your hearts or with thankful hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Lord, we thank you for the seed of your word. Speak to us today. Let it not return to you void. Let it accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. Help me, Lord, to speak only what you give me, no more, no less. And let your spirit work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. So, as it opens up, it says, Let your peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as your members of one body, your call, you are called to peace and to be thankful. You know, I, I think one, one of the things that the first verse just stands out, a couple of things stands out to me immediately when I read the first verse, is that the, the being, having peace and being thankful is a calling as believers. Like, wow, it's a calling. But it, or the other thing that stands out to me is that it is also a choice to either have peace or to live a thankful life and to be a, have a thankful attitude that we get to choose. You know, you can choose to focus on your problems. You can choose to focus on what's not going on right. You can choose to focus on your deficiencies and what you, your shortcomings. Or you can choose to focus on, on the things that God has done and the good things in your life. You can choose to look forward to a great future and the promises of God in your life. Um, um, and I never thought of peace as being a choice. That I can choose to have peace. And I think that peace and, and thankfulness go hand in hand. Uh, Paul says in Philippians 4, 6, you know this one. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. See, you can, set, you can set your mind on God's word and his promises. And you can have peace in your life. You can speak peace into your situation. The exercise we just had there in the morning as you we are singing that song, I, I believe that God was doing something spiritual. And you, all of us come in here with, uh, with some things that we have. How many have stuff that they're dealing with? Uh, let me ask it in reverse because this might be a little bit easier. 
How many don't have, who, who, how many don't have any stuff going on in their lives? Because we really need your prayers. <laughs> you know, we all have stuff that goes on. Uh, I, 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 I actually said this in class this morning too, but I remember someone once said, you know, everybody, everyone has problems. So some people are just better at hiding it than others. But everyone has problems. And the point is, sometimes you can have something in your life that seems so big and it feels like, man, it's kind of like I'm picked on. Either the devil picks on me or God forgot me. You feel like you're in a world all by yourself. And things seem to be going better for others than they do for you. And the truth is, that's not true at all. The truth is, people, you, you might be dealing with something different, but everyone is dealing with something. Why? We live in a fallen, broken world. This is not our future. This is not our destiny. Life as it is today is not how God intended for it to happen. Genesis chapter 3, everything changed. Thank God, Jesus came. And he reversed everything. And so we have a hopeful future. We have a destiny in Christ. And we can begin to reclaim all the things that are stolen from us. So as long as we live in this broken world, even if we have been mended for coming to Christ, we still dwell in a system that's been corrupted by the power of the curse of sin. So the truth is, is that we will deal with issues. In fact, Jesus told his disciples this. He says, in this, what? He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But he says, take courage, because I have overcome the world. So he is warning them, it's not going to be all roses. You're going to have, if you're in me, you have Jesus, who is the overcomer of the world. He's conquered, conquered death. He's conquered the grave. He's conquered the power of sin. And he says in the end, that we, we know the end of the story. Man, that's exciting. I know it ruins a good movie when you know the end of the story. But sometimes the movie is really intense and you've read the book and you're thinking, huh, it does get better. It makes you keep watching even when it's gut wrenching through the middle of the stuff. And that's how we live as believers. The Lord has already given us the end of the story. He writes the end of the story. And when we're in Him, oh, it's never over. Even if this life is over, it's still never over. So we can have joy, we can have strength, we can choose to have peace, but we can also choose to live a thankful life. I know it's funny because I know um, it's Thanksgiving and we're talking about Thanksgiving and it will be interesting. You know, on Thursday you'll start seeing posts on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Everybody's going to be thanking somebody. If you didn't post... And it's great. I love it. I love the tradition. We didn't have a Thanksgiving when I grew up in Kenya. There was no such thing as Thanksgiving holiday. And you think that those uh, pilgrims that maybe nearly 400 years ago when they had that dinner that day uh, to give thanks for the harvest, I don't think they thought that almost 400 years we'll be celebrating a holiday, recognizing what they did, the Native Americans and the, uh, and the, and the, and the pilgrims, the first harvest, and the, there was such unity there. And it was a spiritual uh, experience. They were thanking. Who were they thanking? Oh, come on. It's church. It's, God's not forbidden here. He is allowed here. Who are they thanking? Jeez, people. The, 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 the world 
is making people so sensitive that we are afraid to mention God or Jesus or declare it. But let me tell you this. It's not the world. It's Satan that's afraid of having God declared in the public sphere. I love what Pastor Dustin made us do. Whisper that name. How about shout that name right now? Jesus. It is the only name that is given under heaven by which men shall be saved. It is the name above every other name. It's the name where the Bible says it declares, at the mention of that name, the demons in hell tremble. It is the name in which we can pray healing. He says, if you ask anything, in my name, I will do it. It's a name that needs to be said a lot of times. Unapologetically. The name of Jesus. They were thanking God. People died to cross over. It was a risk they took. There were all kinds of scammers telling people about how life is going to be on the other side. They went through a lot to just get across. And they still say, God, thank you. 400 years later, we're still celebrating it. And it's become a holiday. But I think that the time of Thanksgiving should remind us as believers also, our heritage, oops, our heritage, you know what? Thank you, Jesus, that I did not fall. It would have been really funny. I don't fall easily these days, yeah. But, but it should remind us as believers of our heritage in the Word. See, if you take any amount of time in the Bible, you will find that giving of thanks is a really core principle in our living, in our faith life. See, 144 times in the scripture, it all talks about being thankful or th- being thankful or thanks or, or, or give thanks to the Lord. All these scriptures that support that. It's a, it's a very central thing you find in every book of the Bible. Being thankful. And, li- and, and, and so as a Thanksgiving as a holiday is one day. Now what I want to tell you is that uh, giving of thanks should be not just a one day thing. It should be a lifestyle that we have. That's why I'm calling it thanks living because at 365 a day, days a year, we should be a people who are grateful, who recognizes the good things uh, that the God has given us, recognizing the blessings in our lives. I was sitting yesterday at my house drinking a cup of coffee. I like to be lazy sometimes on Saturday morning. And, um, and I'm sitting down. My wife came and joined me for a little bit. She wasn't drinking coffee. She's not saved yet. No, I'm kidding. She doesn't drink coffee. It's all right. And and the first thing I said is like, you know, we're so blessed. We're more blessed than we deserve. It doesn't take much to recognize that. If you're intentional, you would realize how blessed you really are. Say, God has been so good to us. He's been so faithful. To us. And you know, even by declaring that, that's a form of worship. Sometimes you could tell people that. But learn to, to start saying that. You know, sometimes when we're worshiping, I say, come on, thank the Lord. I'm not trying to make you do something. But I want to encourage you to exercise that faith 
in you. Because as you give thanks, something comes back to you. Peace comes back to you when you're thankful. The truth is that all of us deal with things. But God has called us to be a thankful people. Not because we owe him, even though we do. I owe him my life. Even though I do, it's because he knows that he does something back to us when we live that way. That's why you find so many scriptures talk about being so thankful. Um, um, when, um, and I wanted to kind of make a very simple connection here today um, <clears throat> by, by, by making just a couple things, sharing three things about living a thankful life or thanks living to try and make it simple, if that's even a word, but we'll just, just use it today. Um, <clears throat> is that it needs to become a way of life for us. Not just something we do once in a while. Not just something we do because it's the right thing to do. Oh, you're supposed to be thankful anyway. But to allow the word of God to, to penetrate our hearts that we can't help but thank God. Every time you get deeper, even closer to God, and you get even a glimpse of understanding of who he is. And then who you are in the light of who he is. Praise, worship, thanksgiving, gratitude will be spontaneous, will be natural. You wouldn't even have to force it. The whole plan of salvation of God who is holy, righteous, holy, who will not allow sin in his presence, would love me a sinner when he knows everything that is to know about me. He says that even the intention, he says men look at the outward appearance, but God judges the intentions of the heart. He already knows even what my heart intends. Where nobody can, knows me that well. Even my wife doesn't know me that well. And yet, he himself provides the avenue for me to have relationship with him. He built the cross to bridge a gap of relationship, to make it so that if I choose to, I can have communion with him. I can talk to him. I can know him. Not just forgiven. That's great. But he takes it farther. He says, you can know me. You're my, my child. You're part of my family. You can come and talk to me anytime you want. When you pause and start thinking about that, just salvation, because sometimes we take that, just that initial part of salvation, sometimes for granted. When we've been around church long enough, we know it. We can recite the story, for God so loved the world, he gave the only son. We can recite all these things. But if we allow it to have meaning in our lives every single day, you would find that, that song we just sang, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, 
how he raised me. And he didn't leave me there. He knows even if I have a good desire, even have a good intentions, I'm incapable of doing it on my own. So he fills me with his spirit to give me strength when I cannot do it on my own. When my strength is failing, he infuses a wind inside of me. When my situations overcome me, his strength renews me. How he feel me. And I know the path that I was going on when I was on my own. I know by looking back, I can tell you because they are real life examples of who I would have been. I go back. This is you don't have to go back that far. Just go back to Facebook and you can see your former life and say, that would have been me. I could have been that way. I could have ended up this way. But no, when I think about the Lord, when he raised me, filled me with the Holy Ghost, filled me to the uttermost. Didn't do only that. He set my feet on solid ground. When everything else was shaking, sandy, moving, he set my feet on solid ground. When some people thought I was crazy, I was losing my mind, I was becoming all religious, all that, he set my feet on solid ground. Woo! It makes me wanna shout. Sometimes you've got to put some life in these things. Worship becomes something, an experience that is awesome. You, I can't worship like this. Sometimes I do, but it doesn't take long. When you start inserting your life and your walk through the songs, through the worship, you would find that some things, you don't have to have someone motivate you to worship the Lord because your spirit is already full of gratitude, appreciation of what is done. Thankfulness not be a part of our lives. I was um, growing up in Kenya. I can, um, <clears throat> actually, so after I came to the Lord and I was serving the Lord in our church, we started this ministry and we were ministering in Kibera. I had a slide there if you could show a picture uh, down there. This is a picture, just a little snapshot picture of a slum called Kibera. It's probably about seven miles from where I grew up. It's the biggest slum in Nairobi. Um, um, I don't know, like 100,000 people that live in a shanty town. Very bad sanitation. Kids grow up there. You, you go in there and you think, wow. Uh, honestly, and I grew up in Kenya and I've seen it from the outside, but I'd never been in it. And I was scared the first time I went in. And you know why I went, I went in? We're starting small groups in, those, in that area. I spent two years almost every day, of, uh, every day after work. I get from work, go in there, lead small groups and lead people to the Lord. And I made some good friends in there. And this is when I, I learned that actually being thankful is, is a choice. And it's not based on how much you have or how much you... Because I've met some of the most grateful people, some of the most God-fearing people, some of the most happiest people in the middle of all that. From the outside, you're like, wow, this is a horrible situation. But you get 
happy people because they're not looking at themselves as poor. And then they recognize probably they're poor by the world standard. But they are rich in God when they start seeing the blessing. And the believers were just as excited as any other believer. And in fact, sometimes they're more committed because they see the Lord. How, how the Lord. Every day is a day of faith. And I met some of the most faithful people serving the Lord in those areas that still do. I know you've never thought about yourself as being wealthy. Uh, maybe you have. Sorry, let me, let me quit judging. But most people in here, if you ask them, are you really wealthy? Most people think they are not. And I had a rude awakening one time, not too long ago. I was in Kenya and I talked to a relative and we were talking and the relative said that I was rich. I started laughing. I said, you're kidding. <laughs> but then I had to think a minute. There are people that would come any household in America will be better, will be considered rich. They'll be considered wealthy. They're like, oh, geez, you haven't seen my bank account at the end of the month or on the 14th or something like that. But just what you have, they consider rich. Anybody that makes $50,000 a year is in the top 1% of world honors. Let that sink in. Top 1% of earners in the world. You will not consider 50,000 being rich in America. But 1%, you're in the top 1%. When you can take the whole world, 7 billion people, into perspective. But somehow, way, Satan has a way of making us feel like our life is so horrible. That things are so bad. And as believers, we have the words the Lord says, thank the Lord always. Thank the Lord at all times. Do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, make your request known to the Lord. Ephesians 5 says, always giving thanks. Not just when things happen, always. You know why it says always? Because you could always give thanks. You always could. Not as a cliche. I'm not just saying, like, well, that's it. Yeah, we got to give thanks always. No. If you really start thinking about it, you have a... You could be a thankful person, and it's a choice you can make. So as we're celebrating Thanksgiving, as we are eating turkey, as we are sitting with our families, living around, let's look back at the big picture. Make a declaration. I'm going to be just thankful 365. I'm going to be a thankful person 365. The other thing I want to say about this is that it is also a declaration of faith when you think of it. When you're truly living with a gratitude, an attitude of thanksgiving, you don't just thank God for what he's done. You thank him for what he's doing, but you can thank God for what he's going to do. You can thank God in advance. You can thank God. I thank you, Lord, for my kids. 
They're little right now, but I thank you for their lives. I thank you that they are already great in the land. That they shall do mighty things in the land. No matter what happens in the world, they, they are heritage of the Lord. You said that the blessing is not just for me. Or it's for me and my children and my children's children. I thank you, God, that they are already blessed. We can begin to thank God into the future. We can begin to thank the Lord prophetically. We can begin to make thanks the Lord as a declaration of faith about what he's already done. And I say oh, what is already done. I'm talking prophetically speaking. Yes, in the past, but also what is already done. I'm talking by faith if you're catching it. Not just what he will do. Essentially what I'm saying is what he will do. But you're declaring his promise. Am I going through this right now? I might be very broke right now, but I know the Lord is my provider. He is, the, he is my source. And I thank you, God, that I'm going to see the blessing of the Lord. David said, if I really thought about it, if I didn't think about it, he says, I would have given up. I would have lost heart. But unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, it keeps me waiting on the Lord. So you can start thanking God in advance. Yeah, my present circumstances does not define who I am. The promises of God which He declare are yes and amen in my life. That's what defines me. His love continues. So when I thank God for in advance, it does something inside of me. And the thing that it does inside of me is activates faith. Because faith, as defined in Hebrews, it says it's a substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. You can thank God when you see the blessing. But you should also thank, you can thank God in faith for the blessing that's coming your way. And that is activating faith in your heart. Guess what faith does? Faith is the only thing that pleases the Lord. It says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when I'm living, when I'm a thankful person, in essence, I am a faith person. I am declaring faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I might be sick right now, but I'm saying, God, I thank you for your promise. I thank you that you are my healer. I might be going through a hard road right now, but I know, Lord, you will never leave me or forsake me. I thank you in advance because you will heal me. You are my healer. Oh man, the world is crazy. I don't know what would happen. Somebody might just set off a bomb or whatever it is. Who knows? Terrorists. People are shooting people everywhere. uh, It's getting crazy out there. But my heart will not fear. Because you protect me. You watch over me. You said that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord that he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. For in the day of trouble you will hide me in your pavilion. You can speak thanks into the future. You can seek praise into your future. And it keeps you having an attitude of faith. And when you're a person of faith, you're a person who pleases God because God is pleased by faith. So how that thankful living can be a really awesome tool to build up your faith. Your faith needs to be built up. 
Jude 20 says that pray in the Spirit, you know, build up your own, uh, yourself in your most holy faith, praying in your Holy Spirit, because you need to build up your faith. I tell you, some of the times that I'm most depressed or hard or I feel like Satan's starting to attack you is when you are losing that thankfulness. That's why, have you ever felt discouraged? You start thinking, and when you start looking, focusing on the circumstances, any of us, it will get the best of us if we allow it to go. And you, if, you, if you take an inventory of that time, you will find that you haven't been thinking a lot. You haven't been counting your blessings and declaring the goodness of the Lord over your life and declaring destiny into your future. You can thank God for destiny. God has so many promises that he has for all those who love him. And I can declare that many blessings go even well beyond our time. I'm thanking God for that. Lastly, living as a thankful life or, or thankfulness as a way of life, the thirdly is that it helps us have a better perspective. Now listen to First Thessalonians um, um, 5.18. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I was thinking about that verse the other day, and, uh, and I'm th- thinking about people who are facing challenging situations in their lives. You know, when they, when, when they read that, they say, how, how can I be thankful for this? How can I be thankful when I lose my job? How can I be thankful in sickness? How can I be thankful for this unexpected bill? You know, so thinking, but then you know, when you really look closely at what it's saying, it says, be thankful for everything. It's not, it's not, say, it's not saying be thankful for everything. It says be thankful in everything. In other words, if you lose your job, it means you have an attitude that says, God, thank you, Lord. When that door closed, you must have something better for me in the future. It's just switching your attitude a little bit. I love that job. It was paying the bills. And now they told me it's time to go home. But I'm saying, God, thank you. Nothing, the plans of the righteous are ordered of God. You watch over me. You protect me. You provide for me. If you close that door, Lord, I thank you because I know you already have another door. That's even better than the past for me. It's an attitude. It, it changes the way you think. I'm sick, and this uh, Sue walked through this, and sometimes you'll go in and she's sick, but she's just declaring, God, I know, I know, I know, I know that you will heal me. I'm sick, you know, the Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I know by your stripes I'm healed. I know that I, you will watch over me. You will heal me. I, you keep, you, it changes the perspective. Have an unexpected bill. You paid everything and nothing's left, and some big bill comes, and you don't know what to do, and say, God... <laughs> Thank you that you are my provider. I'm not even the provider of me. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my provider. My Jehovah Jireh. I don't even, my job is not. I thank you for my job, but I know it's not my job that provides. It is God who provides for me. You know, we made this um, 
declaration when we were engaged, Sarah and I, when we were engaged, and we're talking about, you know, I, and I've said this story before, but I'll say it again because we've seen the faithfulness of God in our lives. Uh, and we're talking about, hey, how many kids do we want to have? You know, when you're engaged, you want to start think, thinking about the future and all that. You know, I say, hey, maybe three or four, I said, you know, and she said 12. I'm like, okay, great. And she wasn't kidding. <coughs> and I guess she's, she's winning now, right? Get very close. So I think nine is a happy medium there, right? But anyway, um, and we'll talk with other couples our age and we're in the same stage of life. And one of the times, one of the things that we would, a conversation that always strikes up about kids, it's almost synonymous. Almost every time you start that conversation, guess what comes next? Money. Or the lack thereof. And we saw clearly how Satan is instilling fear in God's people. And we're making long-term decisions purely on money. I'm not saying there are many reasons why you shouldn't have nine kids like me. <laughs> but we determine that money is never going to be that reason. Because who is our God after all? Is our God incapable of providing for the children that he calls a blessing? Is our God incapable of, oh, college has gone up. Is our God incapable? And I said, well, we'll have other reasons, but money will never be the one. And the Lord has always provided. I'm a pastor, guys, not a CEO of a company. But guess what? The Lord provides. The Lord provides. Thank God. And we pray destiny over their lives. We speak prophetically into their future. We are thanking God for the work that they will do on the kingdom. They'll do greater works than we did. They will outdo us in every way in life. Because it's a heritage of the servants of the Lord, the Bible says. Thank you, God. You might have kids that have maybe walked away from the Lord. Maybe they're backslidden. It's like, I taught them well. And they know the truth, but they're not walking in it. You can start thanking God for their salvation. You can start thanking God that they are children of God. The word of God that was deposited in their lives is not void. It will come forth. You can start thanking God that we will be spending eternity with them in heaven. Some may come easy, some may come hard, but they will come. I thank God already because they are saved. I thank God already. It changes our perspective. I read about this professor that came to our class and he had a piece of paper and he told his students, I don't know if this is a true story or not, but he makes a point, but I I just read it. And he had a a little black dot in the middle of the page and he handed it to all the students in the class. So I think I got a test for you. Some people don't like that four-letter word very much. gives them anxiety and all that. And then he came back, she came back and, and I said, well, I want you to write what you see there. And then she waited. I gave, she gave him a time. And man, they're thinking, what in the world? And they, after the time was over, he collect, she collected all the papers and started reading what the students wrote. And they're trying to think, may come by all sorts of things about what that black dot represents. 
Oh, some are thinking, oh, it's dimensional. It's right in the center. You know, they, they, they came up. And most of the papers focus on the black dot and what it means on that white page. And they came up with all sorts of theories of what it represented. And she closed by saying that that's the problem we have in life. So we have a whole sheet of paper that's clean, blank everywhere. But that dot is where our eyes went to. And that's what we chose to focus all the attention to. We will get depressed over that. We'll be anxious over that. We'll lose a lot over that. Just a little dot. Men will get in trouble. We will get fights with people. We'll be unpleasant. We will feel bad about ourselves. We'll compare our dot and someone else's dot. I think their dot is cuter than ours. And, 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 and we will live on that. And yet we have the whole page to be thankful for. It's all the things that we can be thankful for, which will change our attitude in the way we look at life. True, we will have trouble. Jesus told us that. He says, true, you will have trouble in this world. The, the things will happen in this world that you will have no control of. You will not be able to control. You'll try to make sense of it. But he says, don't focus on those black dots. Don't focus on those things. Begin to focus on all the blessings of the Lord. Begin to thank God of all the good things he's done in your life. Begin to thank God for a wonderful future that he's promised in, in you. He says, if you follow me, I will do this. See, begin to thank God that you are invested in his kingdom and that you are a child of God and you know that I might have a black dot in there, but it's not the end of me. It's not the end of me. You try it. It's not the end of me. He says, when the righteous man, even they may fall, but seven times they will rise again. So, Trial may endure for a night. I believe that his joy comes in the morning. I know that God is good. That's why David says, I'm going to keep on waiting on the Lord. He says, waiting on the Lord. I will wait on the Lord. I know at this time, if I looked at all the circumstances, I would have given up. But something inside of me believed on the goodness of the Lord. Unless I had believed on the goodness of the Lord, I, I, would, I would have given up. Allow the Lord's goodness to permeate your heart. And what, what generates that? It's a thankful attitude and thankful living or thanks living. Not just three, 365 days, I'm a thankful person. Wake up in the morning and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. I can be honest with you. The first thing I did this morning when I rolled out of bed, thank you, God. And I intentionally said, thank you, God, for the gift of life. Thank you, God, that I'm alive today. Thank you, God, that I woke up in a house, not on the street. And maybe you woke up on the street. Then thank God for something else. Trial comes. Well, thank you, God. That door shut. Sometimes you can thank God for people that walked out of your life. Because God knew they are not there. They are not supposed, your destiny is not connected to them. They would have ruined it. Thank you, God. Because you have the plans for me. You said, I know the plans that I have concerning you. They are plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future 
and our hope. I'm not going to focus on the black dot. I'm going to thank you for all the other things that you've already given them. Did you receive something from God this morning? Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. (laughs) Worship team, you you may come up for a second. I'm going to be praying here.